Welcome to C3 Church Cabra. You're about to hear a message from Andrew Flaxman. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Thank you so much. How are we, church? Are we good? Who has their Bibles? Who enjoys being in church on a Sunday morning? Who's enjoying our new seats? Aren't they great? Well done. Let's get our church, Pastor Phil and Julie, a round of applause. Um, probably, probably the most comfortable chairs that we have, uh, or possibly in any church on the Central Coast, maybe even New South Wales, maybe even Australia, maybe even the world this morning. And uh, I wonder, Bill, if any other church in anywhere else in the world like C3 Church Tugra got new seats for this Sunday morning service. And uh, they said, Andrew, would you like to share this morning? I said, on one condition, that we have new chairs. And uh, they said, no worries. So you're welcome. And uh, if you have your Bibles, come with me this morning. Thank you, band. You know, band do a phenomenal job. And Tom's Mo is uh, growing and uh, looking better than ever before for Movember. And yes, I also am doing Movember for those of you who... Um, weren't aware but we are anyone else doing movember and how great is it down the back down you can't do movember and uh can't do that and uh where's the uh it doesn't matter i don't need that i might just get rid of this if you have your bibles put it on your chair and uh anyone ever heard a preacher say if you have your bibles just put it on your chair Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that uh, you are here and you're with us and uh, Lord, you're encouraging us and uh, you're speaking to us and uh, Lord, what a great day to be in uh, C3 Church Tugra. What a great day to be in C3 Church Tugra and uh, our soccer competition starting next Sunday and uh, Lord, we've got a volunteers celebration and party tonight. And uh, Lord, you're doing so much great stuff in this house, it's just overflowing, it's, it's bubbling over and our kids and our youth and our families and our uh, older people, I don't know what you say, that. I don't know what the word is for senior people, is that right? I don't know. And uh, I don't, mature, mature, I don't think that's the right word, is that a good word, mature? It is? I don't like it? It's got to be, I, I always get stuck, I was praying for the young families and the families and then I go, I don't know what I'd say next. So, See, I didn't just name them. I don't know. And uh, thank you for so-and-so and so-and-so. And that would be awkward as well. Anyway, Lord, bless this house. Lord, we thank you. Amen. If you have your uh, notepad or Bible, this morning I just wanted to share on a thought of uh, everyday preachers. If you could put that, um, that verse up. Oh, wow, of course. Cool. Even a, um, If you have that uh, verse, let's put up uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. Now, I'll be reading this, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 to verse 12, for nearly, if I was to be honest, for about three, four weeks, and I love it. And so I've got this morning about 15 points, Um, so if you're available for the next four or so hours, that will be amazing, but uh, only going to share this morning on three points, and uh, there's many, many down there, and I just, you know when you see something, it just keeps jumping out and jumping out. And isn't it great when God speaks? Who knows that uh, one of the most powerful, let's read the first verse. It says, then the word of the Lord came to me. Everyone say it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. 
And uh, one of the most powerful things that we have in C3 Church, C3 Church Tugra, is that we're a word church. We love the Bible. We read the Bible. Uh, we're grounded and based in what the Bible says. But at the same time, we're a spirit church. We believe that we're released and empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just a word church. And we love the word, but we're not just a spirit church. We're not just, you know, uh, like a kite with no tail. We're actually a word and a spirit church. It's not one or the other. It's both. And uh, it says here, the word of the Lord came to me. Do you know that uh, God is still very much in the business of speaking to his church? God is, you know, you go to some churches and they believe that God doesn't speak to his church. But one of the most powerful things that we know and we can experience is that God actually speaking to us, that God is daily longing for our connection, communion, and relationship. That is a God that isn't far off that will actually speak to us. Anybody? And I remember I've grown up in church. Anyone else grown up in church? And I, uh, I look at those hands. Anyone else grown up in church? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I did everybody. And uh, I don't remember not going to a church service on a Sunday. I just don't remember it. And uh, Pauline was there when I was born, nearly, I think. Uh, Pauline, Pauline actually was probably the first person that saw me when I was born. Believe it or not. There you go, Pauline. And uh, how's that? Let's give Pauline a round of applause. For you were there. And uh, it's great. And I, I don't remember ever not growing up in a church service. And uh, I think of a thousand different services. And mom taking me here and dad taking us there. And uh, such a great thing for parents to you know, bring their kids to church and let them grow up in a community <clears throat> surrounded by other young people or other kids. I don't think I would be here today unless uh, I was surrounded by kids ministry right. and youth ministry. I think they're the two most powerful uh, ministries that the church has. Kids ministry, it's not just a babysitting club, we're actually teaching our kids how to hear from God and to, and to read the word. And I remember when I was young, I think I was 11 years old in a church service, 11 years old. And uh, any 11-year-olds in the house? And uh, anyway, oh, there is one. Is that right? 11. You're 11? Almost 11. There you go. Alex. That's all right. Just like Alex. And I remember being in a church service very similar to this one. And a preacher preached and uh, no idea what was, no idea, don't remember don't remember anything about the message. Encouragement to every preacher out there. Uh, but the preacher did an altar call at the end of the service. And for whatever reason, 11-year-old Andrew went down the front uh, in a full house, people everywhere. And the preacher says, who wants to come down the front? And I don't even remember what the altar call was for. I got no idea. But I remember as an 11-year-old, so I think I mean like year five, maybe year six. How, how old? What year? year five, I think it was in year five, and I remember walking down the front to the altar and just standing there, and the preacher was there and doing this, and then all of a sudden, laid his hands on me, 11-year-old boy, and I, I remember out of nowhere, uh, tears flooding my face, going down my, my cheeks, and uh, closing my eyes, lifting my hands, and I thought, whoa, what is this? What is going on? And it's like there was a connection between my heart, 11-year-old boy, connection between my heart and God. It's like God was speaking to me. 
And no words were exchanged. There wasn't a back and forth conversation. No audible words. But it felt like it was a highway of words, like a thousand words being spoken all at once, all to me, 11-year-old boy, on the altar at the end of a service. And uh, I, I remember standing there on the, on the altar and thinking, God, you're speaking to my heart. God, 11-year-old boy, you're real. And you're there. And you're huge. Yeah. And I, I, remember, um, I remember thinking that it was just me and God. And all God cared about was me. I was standing right there in front of, felt like in front of God, all these, you know, like all, no, I felt like a thousand words were going up and down, but yet not one word was spoken. And it felt like God, you know, all he cared about and all he saw was me. And it was one of the most powerful moments that changed my life as an 11-year-old boy, changed my life. The Bible said that the word of the Lord came to me. Do you know that, uh, you know, we can bring our kids down on the altar and they can feel God and hear God. And uh, we had, uh, a little while ago, we had, oh, hey guys, you're epic, uh, Lee, Christy. We had uh, Pastor Heidi Wiseman came through our church. I think Pastor Phil and Julie were away on their long service leave. And uh, <clears throat> we've got uh, four little kids. And uh, this was maybe, what, three, four years ago? How long ago? Three years ago. How old's Charlie? Eight. So he was like five at the time. And uh, Heidi was praying for people and the altar was open. And, uh, and so we brought our two kids down to stand on the altar. And uh, Charlie, I remember it. So clearly Charlie's at the back playing soccer. And I said, Charlie, come down the front. Come down the front. We're going to put you on the altar. You're five. And uh, he said, oh, didn't want to. And because uh, he's playing soccer, didn't want to. And as a good boy, he stood there quietly, respectfully, and, uh, and Pastor Heidi prayed for him, prayed for Joey. And I remember God speaking to me. When they're on the altar, I remember God speaking and told me a few things about Joey. I just remember it. I said, Joey, going to write songs. I just knew it. Joey, going to write songs. And uh, nothing happened. They didn't cry. They didn't do anything like that. And uh, we went home that night. And, uh, and I said to Joey, we're putting Charlie to, to sleep. And I said, hey, you know, Chant, when you're five, when, when Pastor Heidi prayed for you, what happened? Anything happened? Because as soon as she said amen, he looked at me and went, can I? Oh, thank you. It's all right. As soon as, as, soon as, past, as, soon as Pastor Heidi left and said amen, Charlie like, waited like, you know, 30 seconds. Then looked at me like, can I go now, Dad? And I'm like, yeah, man. And he just took off and played soccer again. And uh, fine. No dramas. No pressure, of course. And uh, we got to that tucking him in at night. And I said, hey, when did Pastor Heidi pray for you? What? What, anything happened? And he said, he thought about it for a long time. And then he said, you know what? First, at first, I felt really shy. But then I felt really brave. It's like when God speaks to our heart, we feel really shy. Oh, no. But then what happens is when God speaks to you, these words, this highway of communication these thousand words that never get spoken but all do it right into your heart, something lifts and something rises inside of you. And I remember walking back from being at the front when I was an 11-year-old boy and walking back, tears, just embarrassment, 11, tears. Do you know when you're 11 and you're a boy, it's not the ideal time to be crying in public. It's not. 
And I remember at the front, and I didn't even know what happened. Just, it just happened. And uh, I remember walking back down the middle. There was like in that day, there was there was no two seats there. You could just like a like a you can go straight down like a and aisle. And uh, so I remember walking back down the aisle, and uh, just 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 tears, just a mess, just going, "Oh my lord, what's happened to me? I don't know." And uh, I remember seeing there's girls over there, and they're like looking, and there's some guys over there, and they're looking, and I'm thinking, "Oh no." And but I remember inside, I remember thinking. Man, I feel 10 foot tall. Inside, I feel like I have a secret advantage, like a secret weapon, like an unfair advantage that no one else knows about. It's in there. And I, I just knew that I'd met and encountered God, wow. that God had actually spoken to an 11-year-old boy on an altar. And uh, I remember looking back and thinking around and looking at everyone else and thinking, I don't know about you guys, but I just encountered i just met god i don't know about anyone else in the room no idea but i just met god you know that in c3 church c3 church tugra we're a church that believes in god's word but we also believe in god's power god's spirit that god can actually speak to uh not even our hearts bill but our kids hearts this is an amazing 11 year old that that one moment that one moment changed my life the word of the Lord came to me. What's the next verse that we have up there? Stephen? Same one. No, no, Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the, where, where is it? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Anybody? Set you apart. This morning, I, uh, I was working out this message a little while ago and uh, fine-tuning it fine-tuning it a lot actually and uh and and i was looked at that part it says set you apart this morning if you have your bible uh i want to look at two men or two different people in the bible that uh, were set apart set apart and uh, we know that jesus had 12 disciples 12 disciples we know he had probably seven bass players because we know five disciples but the other seven, no one really knows. There's five that we know, right? Peter, James, John, Thomas, Judas. The other seven, we don't know. We kind of know. Yeah, I think there's like a, like a Raphael. Yeah, yeah. Or a Donatello, I think. I don't know. Pretty sure there's a Leonardo in there, like a splinter. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Right? We think we know who they are. Anybody? We think we know. But we don't really I'll tell you who they are. There's uh, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Thaddeus, uh, Simon, Judas. Anyone know that? If you're, on the, if you're on who wants to be a millionaire, honestly now, if you're on who wants to be a millionaire and they said, who are the 12 disciples, who would get it? Who would get it? Anyone? Multiple <laughs> choice. So, anyway. This morning, I want to have a look at two, two, two people, Peter versus Judas. Anyone? Peter versus Judas, like a cage match, MMA, Peter versus Judas. Do you know these two guys, pivotal guys in Jesus' ministry, treasurer, and you'd nearly arguably say that Peter was the, the head of the disciples or the leader, maybe, or the spokesperson of the disciples. These two guys, side by side, three years, 
went around with Jesus, did all the miracles, did all the, so all the stuff. Both guys had front row seats to everything that Jesus did. Correct? Good. Now, if these two men, both men, Peter, Judas, were to stand before Judge Judy. Anyone love Judge Judy? Love Judge Judy. Love Judge Judy. I went to a hotel room a little while ago, turned it on, TV on, Judge Judy on. Yes, something inside me left. And yes, I love Judge Judy. She's epic. She's amazing. Bang, you're out. You know, cases are real. The verdicts are fine. I love Judge Judy. But if, if uh, everyone does, they do. It's inside people. They love her. I don't know why, but because she, she just doesn't... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, if both these guys were to stand before Judge Judy, do you know that their, their charge or their, 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 their sentencing that they will be facing would be exactly the same? Both betrayed, both denied Jesus. Both betrayed, both denied... Both men, same charge. she go, well, bang, you, Peter, you've done that. And Judas, bang, you've done that. Both men... Betrayed and denied Jesus, right? right. The difference is uh, Judas did it for 30 pieces of silver. Peter did it for free. Didn't, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't charge. Whatever. So what separates, what separates these two men, right? It's not circumstance. It's not uh, like situation or opportunity or calling or you know, well, that one's just a super faith Christian and that one's not. You know what separates these two men? After Peter sins, he repents and asks, for, asks God for forgiveness. And Jesus washed him clean. Judas sins, he spirals into deep darkness, takes his own life. Do you know what the difference was? It's a choice. The difference, the difference is a decision. Do you know that... Uh, the Apostle Paul was on a rampage killing Christians, and yet God turns his life around. God doesn't mind whether it's this sin or that sin. That's not, the, that's not the problem. The problem isn't the sin. The problem is after the sin, what do you do? Do you say, God, I'm going to spiral in the deep darkness. This is overwhelming. This is too much for me, and I'm out. Or I'll say, I'm going to come back to God and say, God, I made a mistake. And I miss the mark, but God, you're good, and you're faithful, and you're on my side. Is that good? Here's this. Two di- same men. Same men. Two different men. Same crime. Different. Do you know what happens? Jesus restores Peter, and uh, we know that Jesus comes back, and, 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 uh, and he restores Peter. And uh, guess what happens? Peter gets empowered to the head of the church. Instead of Jesus coming back and saying, well, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, he actually got promoted him to the head of the church. And here's Peter's message. It's amazing. He goes through and becomes like a a man on fire preaching, you know, every city he goes to, preaching this, preaching that. Now this man that, that, that basically looked at Judas and said, I've done the same thing, same crime. Here's his message. It's in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. The Bible says, Peter says, repent then. And turn to God, or turn back to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Here's these two men, same situation, different outcome. Why? It's a choice. Peter decided to turn back to the Lord. When it was a mistake, when I did this, doesn't matter, I turned back to the Lord. Isn't that good? God set us apart. Wow. Are you with me?
Okay. Oh, nearly dropped it. Let's do the last point. If we do this, it's called uh, profit. This is my favorite one. Uh, profit to the nations. Anyone profit to the nations? Yeah. Mm. Oh, where's that verse? Can we put it up, the whole thing again? Stephen says, I've called you, ordained you as a prophet to the nations. That's so cool. doesn't matter, it's gone. Prophet to the nations. Yeah, I appoint you as a prophet to the nations. You know that we read that and, uh, you know, I don't know. What I don't know is God has called me to preach in stadiums around the world or to preach on large stages. I don't know if God's called me to travel around preaching and, you know, Friday night meetings in stadiums packed out with thousands of people. I don't know if God's called me to do that. I have no idea. But what I do know is when I'm down at the soccer fields on a Monday afternoon and I see a dad awkwardly standing on the sideline, just standing there outside of the social clique, outside of the of the dads or the parents just standing there awkwardly. You know that dad, he's always standing there, he's trying to look at the thing and he's watching his son play, but then he's checking his phone because he's awkward. Do you know that? I don't know if God's called me as a prophet to the nations, but I do know I can go say to that dad, hey man, how are you? Your son's, your son's playing really well today, isn't he? My name's Andrew. How are you? Do you know, I don't know. Sorry if God's called me as a prophet to preach all around the world, anything like that. But I do know when I'm at the bus stop on a Monday and I see the mom who's driven in like a frenzy and gets her kids out, I can't pronounce, throws them at the bus stop, right? Any mums? This is Katie knows, throws them at the bus stop. to go, get on the school bus. And uh, got him, got one, doesn't matter, go, just go. And uh, every mum knows it. And then, but I've been at school, I've been a school dad now for four years you know, the parents' social clique of a bus stop for, for where we live. The parents, it's, so, it's, so, it's so exclusive. You know, and then you see someone else come down who's not a part of that, and you see them awkwardly on the side. I don't know if God's coming to preach in other countries and do all this crazy stuff, but I do know that I can say, hey, man, Mondays are tough, aren't they? But we made it. My name's Andrew. How are you? And bring them over bring them over, bring them over into my world. How's this? We all long for a sense of acceptance and inclusion. Who are we? The human condition longs for acceptance and inclusion. It says here in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17, this is God talking to Jesus. So Father God talking to the Son Jesus. And he says, this is my Son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. God says to Jesus, you're my son. I love you. I am pleased with you. Do you know that Jesus was fully God? We know this, fully God, yet fully man. Fully God, yet fully man. Yet, God needed to reinforce these emotional needs into Jesus' life. I love you. You're my son. I'm proud of you, right? You're my son, which is acceptance, I love you, which is affection. I'm pleased with you, affirmation. Acceptance. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be a part of something, right? Right. Affection. I care for you. You matter to me. Your opinion matters to me. Last one. Affirmation. Good job. Well done. I'm proud of you. Do you know that everywhere we go, no matter where it is, bus stops, sidelines, when people see us, are they on the receiving end of a blank stare and disinterest? Or do they feel our warmth 
and acceptance and, and encouragement, saying, hey, well done, good job, you're awesome, hey, I see you. I, I, you know, we have people, the human condition, we have people everywhere that are longing for a sense to be noticed, longing for someone to, to recognize who they are. Guess what, church? That's who we are. We're the ones on the sidelines. Can I tell you the crazy thing is now when I go to Oztag on a Monday afternoon, all these dads are stared awkwardly. When I get there, guess who, guess who now like waves? Hey, yeah, 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 come stand with all these dads that wave at me to get me to come and stand next to them. And I believe that there, I believe that there is a misconception. Whoa, I said it within the church, not our church, but the church that, you know, well, there's that guy on the platform and he's the one, he's the one in ministry. He's the one that God's anointed. He's the one that God's called. He's the one that God gives the, do you know that uh, I think, and this is my opinion, that I believe the devil has, has sold the church a lie saying that the, uh, he's reduced our, our gospel, the power of our gospel message to one man and one service on a Sunday. Anybody? I believe that the church can be empowered to be a, an army, an army of everyday preachers that go out, no matter where we go, go out and, and include people and accept people and say, hey, you, you know, three things. Uh, affection, acceptance. We can accept somebody. We can uh, say, hey, you're awesome. I, 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 you matter. Your life matters to me. And uh, good job, well done, and proud of you. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? What would a church look like if not this church, but the church? What would it look like if the whole congregation of people, not one man, not one stage, not one service, not one building, you know, the church isn't a building, a service, or a program. That's not the church. The church is not a building, a service, or a program. That's not, Jesus didn't die for a building, a service, or a program. Right. The church, guess who the church is? Yeah. Me. You. And guess what? When I'm on Oztag on a Monday afternoon talking to that lonely dad, guess what? I'm the church. When I'm down at the bus stop on a Monday, I do a lot of stuff on a Monday. When I'm down at the bus stop on a Monday, I'm the church, Right? What would it look like, just stop and imagine what the church would look like if, I'm talking about the church, if entire congregations with the intention to genuinely go out and love, connect, to, uh, to accept and affirm people. What, you know, everywhere we went, every day, every person we came in contact with, what would that church look like? What would that church look like if, if, if a whole congregation of people took the response and said, you know what, I'm the church, I can be the difference, I'm the one that's going to say hey to that guy. I tell you, the reach and the impact of the church would be unstoppable. Unstoppable. It'd be like, it, 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 we, wouldn't have enough, we wouldn't have enough seats in our, in our, in our building. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have enough time to fit all the people into our services if the church was actually released and empowered that you were the preacher, that you were the pastor, that you were the worship leader, that you were the one that says, hey, to that person, I see you, I notice you, you matter, you're awesome, my name's Andrew, give me a hug, anybody? Wow. How about we invite the band up as we, uh... oh, Lord, we thank you that, uh, Lord, that you've empowered us to uh, be everyday preachers. Lord, that it's not one man, Lord, but it's every person. 
Lord, that you have, uh, and I love this, my final thought this morning, that uh, I was reading the book of Isaiah. I have another 15 points, but we'll preach them later, 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 later. And I haven't written them down, so I couldn't preach them anyway, but uh, uh, just trying to impress everybody, I've got another 15 points. Uh, and, uh, no, can't end. But, uh, you know, I was reading the book of Isaiah, and God's talking to Isaiah, and he's searching, he's searching, he's searching. He said, I've got a message to send out. Who will I send? I've got a message to go out. Because you know the gospel message, it's too good to reduce and restrict to one service, one man, one preacher. It's too good. Our community is too large. The, the, the work of the gospel is way too big for one man. It's too big. And I believe that, I believe that when Jesus said, I'm going to release and empower the church, that, that he was talking about the church, the whole people, the whole people. And we've, we've got this misconception that it's one man. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. You do it. Come on, worship leader. You, you, you do it, right? It's a lie. It's not true. That's not the church. That's not who God has called us to be. God has called us an army, in fact, of everyday preachers that no matter where we go, Mick, no matter who we come into contact with, doesn't matter where we are, who it is, that we have a message to say, hey, you matter. You're amazing. I see you. We have people longing to find a place to fit, longing to find acceptance, longing for acceptance. And guess what? We'll do nearly anything to find it. People are longing for to, to find places to fit, and do nearly anything they can to fit into this crowd or that crowd. And here's the church. Oh, no, I can't talk to you. Oh, no, I can't be the one. I'm a prophet to the nations. I'm going to preach on stadiums around the world. Don't you know that God's called me to be in travel? And, you know, the Bible says that God has called us. Isaiah, Isaiah says, puts his hand up and says, Lord, send me. I will go. Lord, send me. I will go. How about we stand? And uh, let that be our prayer this morning. And it's a heart decision. It's a heart thing. Just keep that down just for one moment. This is my prayer. Lord, I mean, God, you are a thousand words all at once. God, you're a highway of conversation without any words being spoken. Lord, I believe that when we stand on the altar, God, you speak to us and you fill us, you encourage us. But Lord, there's so much more to this. Lord, there's so much more to this. Lord, you see thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people everywhere we go. And God, your heart breaks for them. The Bible says that we, God's empowered us to be His hands and His feet. That everywhere we go, whether I sit in the front row or the third row, whether I come once a month or once a service or whatever, whoever I am, that God, you've empowered me, me to go out and share your words, to share your gospel, to tell the world how great, how great, how great is God that he'll speak to us. Lord, no matter what we've done, it doesn't matter, we can come back to God. Lord, and he's going to, he's going to restore us and reestablish us and even promote us, I believe, when we come back to God. And the last thing is that, God, you've called us as an army of everyday preachers to go out, Lord, and to be the difference to one life. Lord, to be the difference to that one 
lady, that one dad, that one father, that one mother, that one 11-year-old boy, that one five-year-old boy. Lord, this morning, here's my prayer. Lord, send me. Come on, church. Lord, say from your heart. If you mean it, say from your heart that this church, this congregation of people, it would be the difference. My Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday, my Thursday, everywhere I go, everyone I speak to, every day, God, we can be the difference. We can be the difference in one person's life. One person. Lord, here's our prayer. Send me from the bottom of my heart. Pray with me, church. Send me. Lord, send me. I will go. Send me, Lord. Lord, give me a heart that you have, a Father's heart. Lord, that when when we see others, we don't judge them and point our bony fingers at them. So only if they knew. But God, our heart, like a father, breaks and says, hey, you're awesome. There's gold in you. You're amazing. You matter. You've got it. Lord, this morning, send me. Let my heart, let this prayer wash over us. Send me. Lord, send me. Lord, send me. I will go to my office, to my university, to my job site, to my high school, to the doctor's surgery, to the shopping center. Lord, when I'm checking the surf, when I'm filling up my car, Lord, when I'm getting a coffee, Lord, send me. Come on, church. Lord, send me. I will go. I will go. I will go. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.